0: What's up, guys? Team Stamp Wes, Discraft Underground team captain, and this is episode two of This Week in Disc Golf. I, of course, got my man, Alex. Alex, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Busy, busy, as uh, many people know, but uh, we got to dive into this. Let's. We're going to first talk about the Memorial, and then we're going to talk about Waco, and then we're going to look forward as to what is next. So let's kick it off with a quick Memorial recap, AKA the McMorial,
1: the legend lives on Alex. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Pablo came out and he really showed us what the memorial means, what it means to him. And it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was an absolutely dominating performance, but it was a really good performance by him. And the big cap did show up he did say, okay, this is my state. And he tried, but had some unfortunate errors down the stretch that put him out of the running. Yeah, Yuli had two OB
0: strokes, I think in the last three holes there and ends up finishing one behind Paul, I think it was. Um, And uh, one or two, I forget, but it it was very close. And you eliminate those two OB strokes, which are so uncharacteristic of Yuli, And I, I think one of them was a backhand shot on 16 i think which you know really seems to set up well for a forehand he's got a tremendous forehand and i just i kind of wonder why he went with the backhand on that i'm sure that's what he practiced maybe there was some wind either way big cat makes a charge late to put some pressure on paul when the lead card was not really applying that pressure uh but paul paul shoots well out there every year uh we kind of talked about you know I I think it was specifically for this tournament that 44 down being the number to reach and I I thought if somebody hit
1: 44 they would win and I think Paul was I think it's right at 42 or something like that so it it made sense right so he was he he did what he needed to do it's good to see him winning the memorial obviously it wasn't as quote-unquote prestigious as it has been in the past I think it was the first time in like 15-20 years it wasn't on the tour or the DGPT which is a bummer but it's it's definitely I mean there's always a conversation about those courses around the the public nature but anyway on the women's side we had Alexis and Haley ended up in the cash but I think the story here is Haley King having two not so great rounds and then absolutely charging on the last day almost catching Unscoggins and just barely missing i think it was by one or two strokes herself so that's that was a really good story to see
0: it was haley finished one stroke behind own she shot her rating the first round had a pretty blah second round gave up four strokes to own there uh and then own shot a fire 10 18 third round haley had a 993 so no slouch of a round and then haley shot the best round on the final day by three strokes and shot five better than own to climb back into that second place. And uh, maybe put a little scare on own going into that, you know, those last couple holes, we talked about Yuli finding some OBs. They're definitely there on pretty much every hole out there at, uh, at Vista, I believe they finished on. And so, yeah, I mean, cool to see Haley have a good second place finish. It seems like she has started a little bit slow after, a really tremendous finish to last year. I certainly don't think it's time to worry about Haley King and her still having a very successful competitive season, but I I would like to see a little bit more from her early in the year here.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing that I'm hearing about Haley King right now is she does have an ankle issue. She mentioned Uh, it after Waco or before Waco, something like that. She said she had an ankle issue. She had turned her ankle either during vegas or at memorial and then it was bothering her at waco and then she said she had some off the course stuff that was clouding her mind a bit uh it it's really it's I'm, I'm really hopeful that she's gonna get a clear mind get really focused in on her next two next two three events and really show us the Haley king that we know and love uh she's got it we all know yeah. it it's just yeah. a matter of putting it together and i mean a nagging injury can really just make things so much harder to focus on. And I I don't fault her one bit, right? I think it's a matter of just getting, putting everything together at the right time.
0: Yeah. And mental focus out at these bigger courses, these pro tour or past pro tour courses is so huge. I mean, these putting greens are very difficult. There is OB on every hole. And if you are not 110% or more focused on... Every single tee shot, every single upshot and every single putt, you know, you're, you're going to have some troubles and it really takes that that full week or weekend effort and tremendous focus in order to win. I know you've been an Owen Scoggins fan longer than I have. It was, she's coming back out on tour this year. We see her get this win early in the year and really be in the mix uh, quite often. So I, I'm really excited to follow Owen throughout The
1: rest of the year here and kind of see where where her journey goes yeah definitely definitely I think the only other storyline from that weekend the memorial weekend was Paige wasn't there Paige was in Utah she was practicing her courses she's practicing for worlds we know what's on her mind uh I mentioned it to you and I'll say it again there are levels to it right there are levels to it she's going above and beyond to focus on her next goal to focus on making sure that she can hit all of her marks when she needs to hit them with that said we're going to move over to waco real quick and we're going to talk about the women's side first uh over at waco uh or as i like to call it the windy annual charity (laughs) open with with some of the worst wind but we're going to start with the women I know this might be a mix up on our our on our show notes, but the women's side paige again had troubles at, at Waco. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah, she made a post about it after the tournament and talked about just some misfires. And anybody who has seen that course uh, or played that course knows how thick those woods are if you miss your line and get in the rough. Uh, you know, even on the live coverage, there was some what I would call bad kicks where you, know, you hit a glancing tree and more often than not, you're just kind of on the edge of the fairway. And I saw some kicks that sent some guys, a good, guys and women, uh, 20, 30 feet into the woods, which is just absolute jail out there. So you, there really is a premium on accuracy in the woods. And then also that balance of control when you get out in the open and performing in the wind. And I think a lot of that plays into just having a very intimate knowledge of your discs. A lot of people don't like practicing in the wind, but you need to get some practice in the wind because on tournament day, if there is wind, you need to know what your discs are gonna do and what you can do to combat that wind, uh, what your putt's gonna look like on the green and be able to assess those things. So little tip for anybody that's listening, don't be shy practicing in the wind or, or the rain because those conditions do pop up. 100%
1: and, and I think it, it really showed across both sides of the tournament, Paige, like you said, having some issues in the woods. The wind probably didn't help her when she got out of the woods and felt a bit more comfortable. And then Missy and Haley both made cash, both of them were up there. I think Missy made a a final day lead card, but just couldn't, just couldn't close it out. Uh, Definitely a really, really amazing win by Kona Panis. I I forgot to put it in the show notes that like, I haven't (laughs) cried watching sports in a while, but watching her win that brought tears to my eyes, not just, not just winning it, but doing so in the fashion she did it. She was calm, cool, collected, and absolutely dominant you don't see shows like that all the time so it's it was really fun to watch um and in inspiring in a way she's been grinding for such a long time it's good to see her really put everything together
0: yeah i i want to touch just quickly on missy her putt looked really good she had her first two rounds were over her rating in the last round uh she kind of struggled a little bit we see her give up seven strokes to kona who was our winner in a dominant fashion. But, you know, you like to see those numbers a little closer. And then Haley King at 13th did not have a round over her rating. So kind of struggled a little bit there. Again, I I don't think it's time to worry. But, yeah, Kona Panis was the story of the weekend, 1,004, 1,010, and a 976 to finish it. And in watching that last round, I feel like what we've seen from Kona in the past, because we've seen her on lead cards in the past, is just kind of some putting yips or, or nervousness mm-hmm. on the green. And Kona has, has really been a great thrower of the disc for several years. And it's always been putting that is her weakness. And, you know, we see this sometimes with players, um, you know, maybe like Big Germ, who is a tremendous forehand backhand thrower of the disc, but sometimes just falters on the putting green. And I just really loved that even in the last round, Kona was still playing aggressive. Yeah. I, I can, can remember one hole. I want to say it was hole like eight or something where, you know, in my mind, it, it clearly looked like a layup. There was a little bit of a death putt, a drop off behind. She was a little bit in the rough. You know, it seemed like a, a low percentage putt. And with a 10 or 12 stroke lead, something she did not need to make a run at. And she still made a full run at it. Yeah. And I think that just really goes to show the mentality she had. Uh, I know in the the post interview she said you know all weekend i kept telling myself that someone is chasing me and that i need to perform at this high of a level if i'm going to win and yeah. it, it's so interesting it, it was so cool to see her at the all-star weekend she got the victory there we kind of wondered if that was going to tell the tale of the season for kona and here we see her getting a disc golf pro tour win with uh three tremendous rounds and just stomping the field by 12 strokes for for victory which is is something we've like you said we very rarely see is almost kind of a a Paige Pierce uh level move when Paige is is playing exceptional she can have some of these kind of runaway tournaments but yeah I mean just tremendous all around from Kona both in play and in her mental game you just you'd love to see players on this incline with their maturity and disc golf iq and experience and i I think this bodes really well for kona throughout the rest of the year picking up the all-star weekend victory on very wide open courses and picking up a win here at waco in a kind of mixed setting course but very dangerous woods it really really goes to show her game is all around right now and she's going to be a threat at every tournament
1: Yeah, it's it's really great to see. I mean, if she keeps up this every other DGPC event, (laughs) win, she's going to be in a really good set. So talking about DGPT winners, let's go to the men's side. There wasn't a cut on the men's side. Uh, We just had a cash line. We'll be talking about that cash line, because something happened around that cash line. But the winner is Nico Lacastro. I'm a Nico lover. Uh, If you know anything about me, I love the guy. I love his passion. I love his mentality. I know he rubs people the wrong way. And to some extent, I love that too. He's, (laughs) he's the kind of guy who, who is out there doing everything he can to get better both on and off the course. And sometimes that comes at the cost of being a bit more aggressive in some situations. Yeah. A little brash, but (laughs) his throw in on 17 is one of the, I mean, one of, if not the moments of the sport, it was, it was really, really aggressive. You don't do that unless you are feeling perfect. Right. And yeah. he, he, he needed it too, because that would have, I mean, Kayla Visco was fault was chasing him so hard down the, down the push and Nico did what he needed to do coming off of an injury that took him out of the first couple events of the year. Because if you remember, he didn't go to the Vegas or he didn't go to the, um, he didn't go to the all-star challenge. He skipped Vegas. He wasn't at Memorial. And so him coming out here and getting this win, I mean, it's huge for his career and his career has been so long. So it's, it's really good to see him get two years in a row with DGPT victories. I'm, I'm excited to see what we see, see what we get out of Nico in 2021.
0: Yeah. You know, it was interesting in 2019, it must've been I, I caddied down a card that Nico was playing on and Nico is a very very confident guy he is everything you've heard about him and more <laughs> um, and uh you know I remember one of the one of the chats he kind of had was that he really felt like he could achieve big things if he could find a way to put himself 110% into disc golf and really just immerse himself because it sounds like he you know he probably has a lot of stuff going on and in his life even outside of disc golf so I, I thought that was really interesting and then here we see him get a win in 2020 and we see him get a win this weekend and you, you talked about that putt on 17 just astounding i mean a 70 foot putt into a headwind you get a, a rising wind out of that uh, or hit the basket and roll it potentially goes ob and this tournament is in kale's hands at that point point. Mm-hmm. and so for him to have the confidence to run that the confidence to give that a bid. And there was a little wind bounce in there. I don't want to say he wasn't running it. Cause it, it looked like his focus as he lined that up, he was absolutely running it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just a tremendous putt hands down shot of the year right now, as things stand for me, I mean, just, just really tremendous, great tournament all around. He's, he's kind of another one of these guys who comes and goes a little bit, you know, and, and doesn't always seem to put a full weekend together. So you always kind of wonder on that last day is Nico going to be able to put this last round together to, to get it done. And uh, he had it this weekend. So kudos, yeah. kudos, kudos to him.
1: A hundred percent. So, so kind of changing gears, back over to the Discraft side of things. We had 10 players inside the cash line for Discraft, which I mean, it's, it's a testament to, to the team Um, with Pablo making it, Yuli making it, Prez making it, Withers making it, Channel making it, Ezra making it, Brody, Hammes, and Reed. And Barham Bar well. Sorry, I said Barham. Okay, so Barham, Hammes, Brody, and Reed. 10 players who made it within the cash line. Real quick, Pablo made the charge, right? Pa- Paul Macbeth, like that last day, he tried to do it. Obviously came up short. There was a lot going on ahead of him. But I think the storyline for, for this whole thing is Brody and Reed tied a certain someone on the very last cash line, which was 47th. Do you know who that certain someone was? Yeah. Eagle McMahon, number one player in the world right now. Yeah. Comes out. He he finds out that he's the number one rated player in the world, goes to Waco and lands on the cash line. What what What's your thoughts?
0: Yeah. You know, I've talked about this before. I'll talk about it again, but the word expectations, when you're the number one player in the world, There is this little bit of added pressure to perform. All of a sudden, you're the favorite, you know? And uh, Paul McBeth has been the number one player for seven plus years, I think it was, or something insane. Uh, And so he's, you know, he's played with that pressure for a long time, sustained it. At this point, it doesn't really affect him, but we see Eagle jump into this number one spot. And, you know, Eagle's mental game has really seemed incredibly strong. We, We see him talk a lot about, his work in the off season, the work he does off the course to prepare both physically and mentally for the course. And I just have to wonder if maybe that little bit of pressure kind of weighed on his shoulders a little bit this weekend. And I think the other aspect of this is, uh, is kind of Eagle's game, you know, Eagle at Vegas and Memorial. These are very wide open courses. And then you come over here to Waco where It's not super wide open uh, where you have these huge wins that, um, you know, can really affect these long throwers and some of the intricacies of the, the disc flight that these guys are throwing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I I thought that was, it was interesting. I'm not worried about Eagle all of a sudden not being a top five player in the world, just because of this one tournament, I think it was just a, a bad weekend and I think he'll take this and learn from it. We saw him get two DGPT wins last year. I still fully expect he'll get, one or two somewhere uh this year both dgp or nts with
1: how many events there are oh yeah so but yeah i think i i think he's definitely a player that you we get shocked when we see events like this right we get shocked when we see him not inside the top five let alone the top 10 20 he's he's really achieved kind of that paul status you Mm -hmm. know i mean there's, there's a couple
0: guys that are are on that level now where in the past it was kind of paul and ricky Uh, We see some guys, you know, like Dickerson and Eagle and a couple other guys where we expect them to be in the top 10. We expect them to pop on to the lead card or the chase card, you know, at some point in the tournament. And so I totally agree. It is shocking when you see Eagle anywhere outside the top 20. Honestly, I I think seeing him outside the top 20 um, is not something that I would bet on at any given tournament. Yeah. definitely yeah, not
1: I, taking that to vegas no not a chance
0: not a chance uh
1: so i think the other the other thing that i will bring up about waco is the emergence of gannon burr on the national scene yeah we all more or less heard about him being the youngest player ever to hit a 1000 he won am worlds by seven, 27 strokes or something, yeah, something like, like that
0: yeah incredible um
1: but he shows up shoots an absolute heater in the first round and goes on to play okay, doesn't really get the result he probably wanted. But all of this is coming off of a year in 2020 where right as uh, the COVID break started, he tore his ACL off of his bone or something like that yeah. because the kid's only 15. His his bones aren't done developing, so something <laughs> happened there. So he recovers through this, this second offseason, plays a few events here and there, comes out to Waco, and absolutely mushes it right? So it's really cool to see him out there. Um, I'm excited to see him on a few more events throughout the year. Yeah, I think
0: his emergence was really cool. It's a name that if you follow disc golf, you have seen before. And uh, as you mentioned, he had that injury last year, I followed Gannon, I think for maybe two or three years now, because he did really make a name for himself very early on. Very complete game, incredible putter, just a tremendous talent for such a young kid and yeah as you mentioned he comes out he, he throws down a 10 62 first round we see him on the uh, lead card that next day and then he throws a 10 28 and a 10 19 which are both you know 20 and uh yeah i mean well over his rating so <laughs> really good tournament for him he finishes in 11th and and you mentioned he's young and i've i've mentioned this before too but we saw Kyle Klein really come Out of the woodwork last year, and he's also pretty young. And now we have Gannon Burr, and I think we're really going to start seeing some of these kind of 15 to 19 year old kids. I'm going to call them kids because I'm I'm an old man now, Um, (laughs) but some of these youngsters really breaking onto the scene, and these kids are 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 going to be popping up throughout the year. It's not going to surprise me if we see a couple of these other names that are in that 19 and under category making lead cards and making film cards this year Uh, i really think you know klein and burr are kind of just the tip of the iceberg for this next generation and it's really going to push these guys like paul and ricky uh, and yuli who are our mainstays on the touring scene because these kids are hungry and these kids are coming with a lot of experience amnats Uh, champions and world champions. Uh, These kids have got some good experience with the the way the system is now. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Big kudos to Gannon Burr for his 11th place finish. It was fun to watch.
1: So looking up to the next few events, we have Belton, which is in the next weekend following Waco and then Texas States, I think is the following weekend or something after that. So it's these two events are really interesting because they're not DGPT events. Belton is the silver series. Texas state is Texas States is the return of the national tour after a year away. And I just want to touch on two things, right? So Belton was actually postponed until November of last year and was one of the last events of the year that we had a number of major players at yeah. and Ezra Aderhold won that event i think that was his last win with an open bag yep. and then he comes to team to team discraft and more or less is tearing it up here it would be interesting it'll be it will be interesting to see what happens at belton especially because it's is a silver series so yeah there's still going to be some coverage on it but maybe not to the full extent of the national of the pro tour I, i'm really curious what, what are your thoughts on belton
0: yeah, I think the uh, the roster is a little mightier this year than Ezra winning last year. And not to beat a dead horse, but again, that word expectations, how does Ezra play coming back to this tournament? And I think there's the, you know, there's the old saying, you're not a champion unless you defend your title or something thereabouts. I'm not sure I, I prescribed to that one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to be really curious to see how Ezra does out there this year. He's had a really great start to the season. This course sets up really well for his game. A lot of big open shots where he can just throw some towering heisers, towering anhyzers, but we do see some other power arms in the mix with this one this year too. So I'm really, I think this will be an interesting one. It, it looks like a fun course to watch and, you know, if there, there are spectators out there to spectate. Uh, so it should be a fun tournament. And I'm really curious
1: to see how, how that one plays out. Oh, definitely. It's, it's, it's a tournament that's going to be a bit smaller, but like you said, the, the big arms are out there on the women's side. Again, Paige isn't showing up, but Haley and Katrina at the top of this list with Jessica Weiss and Missy Gannon and Valerie Mondohano. But I think just because she's on the team, I want to, I want to bring her up. Hannah Macbeth is playing her first event of the year. Hey. It's really cool to see her doing the media side, but also getting the chance to play like, I, at the end of the day, she does, does love to play the sport as well, but, yeah. um, I'm really excited to see her play. I, I hope she plays well. And I mean, if, if Hannah Macbeth comes out and wins the Belton, <laughs> I will be the happiest person on earth. Oh my just God. Because I would love I, it. I, I like her energy, her winning would, would just make things awesome, but it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be a towering climb because we do have Kat Haley, Jessica, Missy, Valerie, and the list goes on.
0: Yeah, Hannah kind of balancing this year work, we'll call it, work with the, the Disc Golf Pro Tour and playing. She's talked several times about her still being a sponsored player. She does still have a sponsorship with Disc and with that comes requirements and some expectations. So she is doing everything she can to meet those and, and bring value to her sponsorship there. So, yeah, really cool to see her kicking her 2021 20, season off out there,
1: and, and we certainly wish her all the best. Most definitely. Most definitely. So back over to Texas States, the return of the national tour. And this is an interesting one because there weren't a whole lot of major names at this last year, but it was taken down by a guy who made a huge splash out of Waco. And that's Bradley Williams. It's, I mean, Bradley Williams showed everybody in the world, why you love to watch Bradley Williams play out of Waco. (laughs) And he's kind of like you said with, with Ezra, can he defend his title with all the big names there? Because goodness, all the big names are there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This one is a a loaded roster. I mean, we just, we look at this
0: and the the amount of players over 10, 20 uh, is incredible. if, If you're not shooting, 10:30 plus golf uh you're you're not finishing inside the top 20 at this tournament for sure uh you know these these texas courses are so interesting because there's so much wind it's really a different disc golf than a lot of the pro tour and so we see these kind of windy more open courses that are a little bit uh better suited for some of the long throwers but kind of like we talked about with eagle you still got to have the knowledge of your discs to and control of the flight of the disc in order to really do well out there. So yeah, I I think this one should be interesting. Um, I was just, we saw Simon Lazat is registered for this one. I, I, you know, I've been following him. I thought his return was still a little bit delayed, but perhaps he's going to be out there Uh, right above him. I, I see double G's name too. And I think double G in Texas is a, Probably going to be a baller yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah anything that's open that double g can just mash on um you know he's he's probably going to shoot well i'd, I'd love to watch him tear up some of these courses but yeah we, we see eagle at this one this will kind of be a redemption chance for eagle after waco and i'm going to be very curious to follow along with with his week out there see if you know maybe something is, has changed with with being the number one player and see if it sticks around more than one tournament or if he can just shake it
1: yeah no it'd be it'd be cool to see if he does shake it and what that's going to look like it's also going to be interesting to see how the coverage is done there i think there's two names that i want to point out on this list mm-hmm. uh we have hall of famers jay and des redding are going to be yes. playing texas states this year love it you love to see it it's yes. it, you, you always want to see yeti out there um <laughs> and of the on the women's disc golf exactly exactly i just saw their names they it popped out to me. Um, and then on the women's side, we do have Paige coming back into the fray after uh, not going to Belton and then the usual suspects right on the women's side. Yeah. We still don't see the
0: European players. I was hoping that they'd be able to make it over early season and really follow along with the tour because though, you know, those, those gals especially are game changers for the women's field. Uh, I think you, you had talked a little bit earlier about Paige Pierce, being in Utah instead of playing at the Memorial despite shooting you know, some really big rounds at the Memorial last year. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting because it kind of shows the order of her priorities this year with Worlds being number one, that thousand rating being number two. And we know that she has some really big projects going on off the course as well, uh, promoting herself and promoting disc golf and being the just amazing ambassador for disc golf that she is. So um yeah I I I really hope to see Paige come out and be dominant in her home state of Texas. It's sometimes hard to play when when you're the the hometown favorite if you will. Uh but there's there's a couple other Texas gals on there as well, Lisa Fake is the Monduhano sisters, so it's not like she's
1: the the Lone Star representative if you will. <laughs> the Lone Star representative. Yeah. Goodness. Okay. (laughs) Upcoming next in the DGPT or national tour after this set of Belton and Texas States, we will have the Jonesboro open in April. And then after that, I think it goes to the vintage Opal open also in Arkansas. There's a lot of golf happening. There's a lot of events. It's going to be hard to keep up with it. We will be back after Jonesboro with a recap of what seems like three or four events now uh and we will bring it all together wrap it up and put a bow on it just for you keep an eye out for this week in disc golf next time but first at the end of the day west what do you have to do you gotta like you gotta share
0: you gotta subscribe and you gotta make that putt (laughs) let's go